0: Hello and welcome back to our Echo Chicago podcast series. This is episode one of two about some of the very unique series that have come out of our partnership with AmeriCares over the past several years. The series that resulted from this partnership are a behavioral health integration series and a serious mental illness series, both specifically for the free and charitable clinic space. These series are unique, both in the fact that participants are joining in their clinic teams there is also a focus on systemic and organizational wide change through the mechanism of the plan do study act quality improvement process in this episode we'll be talking to some of the people who have made this series possible first we'll talk to saki cho who is the americares vice president of u.s programs and then you'll hear from some familiar voices doctors Daniel Hanna and Dorian miller who are the co-lead facilitators of this series. We look forward to sharing more about these unique series both today and in our follow-up episode, which will come out next week. Now let's talk to Saki to hear more about how this partnership and the idea for these series came to be.
1: Thank you so much uh, for inviting me to participate today. My name is Saki Malik Cho. I'm the Vice President of U.S. Programs at Americares. And um, just a little bit of background about Americares. uh, It's a health focused relief and development organization. Our mission and our vision are rooted in health equity and we believe that all people should have pathways to health and opportunity, particularly those that live in poverty or have been impacted by disasters so that they can reach their full health potential. And we are a deeply collaborative organization. We have a network of local, national and international partners. Our programs cover three large buckets. We help communities prepare for, respond to and recover from disasters. We work to increase accessibility and availability of medicine and medical supplies. And we work to improve and expand health services, prevent disease and promote good health. Um, Our U.S. programs is one of the leading nonprofit providers of medical aid to the U.S. healthcare safety net. So we support a network of nearly a thousand clinics and health centers that serve more than seven million patients in need. And our U.S. program partners um, increase capacity, provide comprehensive care, improve health outcomes and reduce costs for patients. My particular role here at AmeriCares is to oversee our US strategy and ensure that our programs are responsive to partner needs and that includes making connections and partnerships with other organizations and entities that can help us achieve our mission which is why our partnership with Echo Chicago is so important
0: great well i know i know we at echo chicago feel similarly about uh, about the partnership and the collaboration and I know that we've worked on a lot of projects together and today we'll be focusing on the behavioral health integration and serious mental illness series that we've run. Um, and so I'm curious about if you could share kind of how that partnership came to be, um, and why the behavioral health mental health space is a priority for Americares.
1: Sure, so Americares, we partner with health centers to increase the access to quality health care. For communities that have been underserved, and ECHO is a really innovative model to train community-based providers, so it's a very natural partnership. The beginning of the relationship between Americares and ECHO Chicago uh, predates my arrival to Americares, but as I understand it, it began in 2018 in an effort to improve the, the treatment and the management of high blood pressure in free clinic patients. And at that time, uh, it was the first time a group of free and charitable clinics tested the ECHO model. And that project really opened the door for more ECHO projects. Following its success, AmeriCare's partnered with you all uh, to provide a program on behavioral health integration in seven free and charitable clinics nationwide. And um, that series really supported healthcare sites as they implemented changes that resulted in, in a really integrated model of care. During those case presentations, um, clinics were presenting really complex cases of serious mental illness symptomology at at the primary care setting and providers were unsure or they lacked confidence in their treatment plans. So after that partnership, AmeriCare's worked with ECHO to run a series on serious mental illness. And that project started last year. It's gonna wrap up at the end of this calendar year. So in total, over the course of four years, um, we've supported 26 free and charitable clinics in this Echo Echo series with Echo Chicago. Um, you asked me a little bit about, you know, why um, focus on mental health in the free and charitable clinic space so I can answer that. Um, we know that nearly one in five adults in the US experience some form of mental illness, um, and that could include depression or anxiety but only 40% receive the treatment that they need, and there are many complex reasons for that. One reason is that many adults with mental illness are uninsured, so there's a challenge with access to needed mental health care services, but there's also a challenge in the severity of illness. Individuals, particularly those that live um, in poverty, experience mental illnesses that are more severe, they last longer, they tend to have worse outcomes, and then another layer of complexity are the comorbidities. So, adults that are at a higher risk for having mental health illnesses are also more likely to have chronic health conditions like diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and then vice versa. And primary care settings are often a gateway to behavioral health care. Nearly three fourths of Americans who seek help for depression will go to a primary care physician rather than a mental health professional. And unfortunately, the diagnosis of depression is missed half the time in primary care settings. So primary care providers really need support and resources to better address mental health and behavioral health care needs. And AmeriCare, we partner with local health centers and clinics because because we believe that when local health centers thrive, so do people in their communities with better health and more opportunity. And one solution is integrated care. And that means the systematic coordination of primary and behavioral health care. It's been a, a proven to be an effective approach to caring for people with multiple complex healthcare needs. And so that's why um, increasing behavioral health and mental health, diagnostic treatment capacity matters so much for these clinics and why AmeriCares has partnered with ECHO Chicago to provide that kind of support.
0: One of the the things that makes this series or this collaboration unique is that as we were thinking about this series, wanted it to be really tailored to to FCCs and to the unique needs of those free and charitable clinics. And I'm I'm curious if you could share a little bit about what mental health looks like specifically in the FCC space and um, kind of why increasing behavioral health and mental health care in those spaces is so important.
1: Free and charitable clinics occupy an interesting subsection of the healthcare safety net. Um, They have uh, the the models of care delivery, the staffing structures are varied within uh, free and charitable clinics. There are free clinics that focus just on one population or disease, others that serve as a medical home for providing, you know, integrated care across behavioral health, primary care, prescription access, oral health care services, and others. One of the um, top barriers mentioned in this series was on staffing. So, some of the clinics rely on volunteer providers, others have part time staff, and some kind of navigate both spheres. So, clinics mentioned challenges with consistently screening all of their patients for mental health conditions because of those staff transitions and some lack of clarity and consistency on which screening tools were used by, you know, which providers. Um, One of the the ways that we were trying to tailor this series for the free and charitable clinic sector is by working with a behavioral health specialist, um, an expert that works in the free and charitable clinic sector and have him serve as faculty in the ECHO Chicago, just to bring that lens to the curriculum and to the conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is one of the things that has made the facilitation team for these series unique is just that we have ensured uh, and, and with your help have ensured that there's somebody on the call not only who has expertise in psychiatry and in internal medicine the way that we do for all of our um, mental health related series but also that there's somebody on the call who really has that FCC background and ability to speak to the unique challenges there. Um, so I think that highlights part of the strength of the partnership is being able, is it's you all being able to help us bring that in. And I guess uh, kind of the last thing I'm curious about is, so we run these series, we've had you know all of these fantastic clinics come through both uh, in the behavioral health integration series, the serious mental illness series, and then some who have been able to join us for both we will get to hear from some of those clinics about what the process has been like for them to join, what those outcomes and changes they've been able to make as a result have been. Um, but from your, your perspective, kind of looking at it um, overall, I'm curious what outcomes you've seen as a result of the series.
1: Overall, the results for the participating clinics were improvements in the quality care um, that were provided to patients, a deeper integration of mental health and addressing substance use in primary care settings, and then also just a better ability to care for patients with more complex mental health needs. Um, According to the clinics, but one of the highest ranking benefits that they mentioned to us were um, just the opportunity to have collegial discussions with their peers about patients with depression and anxiety. I found that in my previous experience, clinics and health center staff really appreciate the opportunity to hear and learn from each other. Um, So for that reason, this ECHO model is really great. In fact, when we surveyed our participants, we found that 91% of them reported that they took something away from other case discussions that could be um, applicable to their own patients. And 94% believed that Compared to before the series, they were able to care for more complex patients and they have an increased um, the quality of care that they deliver to their patients. So overall, the satisfaction and the applicability was quite high.
0: That's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, I know we always like to see that there's been an impact of the work that is being done. Um, and I know just from being in the series that, um, you know, in addition to seeing all of this great kind of intra-clinic, uh, collaboration and discussion with the clinic teams joining. We also see kind of uniquely in this series a lot of in, interclinic collaboration, people offering to connect one another with resources, to talk uh, offline in between sessions or after the program is over, to further their services, um, kind of developing partnerships where uh, clinics can benefit from the you know, kind of areas of expertise or strengths of, of other clinics in that same cohort?
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I think so. From my perspective, this was an incredibly successful series of projects, um, clearly because the clinics learn from each other and they're able to report you know, improvements in the quality of care that they provide to patients. It really demonstrates what we at Americas are trying to achieve by supporting health centers, because we believe that You know, all people have a natural right to quality care and the opportunity to live a healthy life. And when local health centers thrive, you know, again, so do people in their communities. So I really want to thank you all for partnering with us on this. I really think that it's been an incredible benefit to our clinics.
0: Thank you so much to Saki and to the entire Americas team who have helped to make this entire project possible and who have been so fantastic to work with. Now let's talk with Drs. Miller and Johanna about how they think about this series. Well, I am excited to welcome you both to our podcast episode about our partnership with AmeriCares. Um, and I guess let's get started by just having you introduce yourselves to the group.
2: Hi, my name is Dorian Miller. I'm a primary care internist and a professor of medicine at the University of Chicago.
3: Hi, my name is Dan Johanna. I'm a psychiatrist, uh, associate professor in psychiatry at the University of Chicago.
0: Great. And you're also both the uh, co-lead facilitators for all of our mental health uh, series that we're going to be talking about today. Um, so let's jump into talking about our behavioral health integration series and our SMI series, uh serious mental illness that we ran with our partners in AmeriCares. Um, so I'd love to hear about how these series came to be. How did we start um, with that that behavioral health series?
2: Uh, thanks for the question, Catherine. Um, the behavioral health series that's a part of Echo Chicago actually got started with a series of conversations that um, we've had with the uh, principal investigator and executive directors of ECHO Chicago around th- the growing need for helping primary care doctors to do a better job in the management and uh, in treatment of patients uh, in primary care settings that have depression. Um, when we got started with the behavioral health integration series, we based this on a collaborative care model um, that was that's promoted through the Achieving Integrated Mental Health Solutions Program at the University of Washington. But I think one of the things that's been incredibly important about this project, um, both in behavioral health integration as well as the one in serious mental illness, is the partnerships that we've had around it. Um, This is something that I approach as a primary care provider and an internal medicine doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist by training, but one of the things that I've recognized in 30 plus years of practice at this point is that primary care doctors tend to be the first place that a lot of patients who have uh, behavioral health issues that they come to for help and, and support. And the availability of psychiatric services for support in the community, especially for people who are um, in the safety net, whether it be uh, federally qualified health centers or people who receive their care in free and charitable clinics, is really lacking. And it's just because of the, the resources. And so being able to partner with psychiatry, and, and Daniel had on this over the years, has been really great.
3: Initially, the collaborative care model, which we know works very well for depression and anxiety, and it became very clear to me because I am a, by training, a community psychiatrist and I deal with serious mental illness, that the population that they were seeing were not uh, amenable to that model. Uh, Having case managers in their program was good for their model, but it doesn't really fit the general. Primary care setting of a a population, usually a commercially insured population. So we started to change the series to add sessions on schizophrenia, bipolar illness, severe personality disorder. And it became um, clear to us that over time, as people were presenting cases, that the kinds of people that they were um, patients that they were seeing really were more uh, consistent with the community mental health center, which is sort of where uh, everybody who's falling through the cracks goes. And so uh, we we developed our series to fit the patient population that they were seeing.
2: Yeah, I I think that that's such an important point in terms of how the series evolved. And one of the things that we've always included in both of the series is the balance between primary care and psychiatry, because people who have these uh, conditions, they don't come to us in a silo, but they also have other health problems as well. And we know that the impact of mental health issues on the management of primary care problems is something that is 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 a a challenge to 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 be addressed. And so, having I think the balance of both of our disciplines as a part of both series, I think, has been really helpful to the people who participated.
0: And for both the behavioral health integration and the serious mental illness for free and charitable clinics series, uh, we've been lucky to partner with AmeriCares. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, why that's been so important, how it's contributed to how we've thought about the series overall
3: It really um given us a new perspective across the country through Americas of free and charitable clinics and and a little bit more specifically to the uh issues uh in their areas for um me personally, that has been um not not only. Uh, educational for me and interesting for me. But I think for everybody on the call, uh, they have very similar problems in their areas, despite the geographic differences. Uh, And I've also, the groups from AmeriCare's free and charitable clinics, they are a very, very dedicated group to their patients. And one of the things we've learned over all these series is that primary care actually doesn't appreciate how uh, their relationships with patients, how good they actually do. So some of the things we do during the series is say, your, your ability to make relationships with patients that are uh, difficult to engage is really remarkable. And I think that's also helped these groups uh, around the country work with their patient population and feel pretty good about what they're doing.
0: So one of the things that makes, makes these series unique uh, and different from some of our other Echo Chicago series is that in addition to having our clinical content, we also have some content about uh, PDSAs and quality improvement. Um, so I'd love to hear about how that came to be included, how you're thinking about that, and how you thought about the structure of the series overall.
2: So when we decided to design both the uh, behavioral health integration through collaborative care and the SMI series we realized that it's not just a question of teaching didactics about how about medications or screening tools and the like but how do these things fit into the everyday work of a particular practice, and so we thought about it from more of a microsystem perspective, and that oftentimes, given how busy these practices are, this may be the only time that they have the opportunity to come together as a group and to actually practice the changes that they would like to implement in their clinical settings, and so being able to have a little bit of a a format um, or a work plan, if you will, in order to see How is this going to take place? Who's going to be doing the screenings? How does this work? And giving it a try to see what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, and then how they might improve it at a different time. And so PDSA stands for Plan, Do, Study, Act. Um, Sometimes people call it Plan, Do, Check, Act, but it's a quality improvement tool um, that teams use in order to plan what they'd like to do, actually implementing it studying or checking the results, and then acting on the next steps in terms of implementation?
3: I've noticed that um, programs initially were are um, anxious about doing what they see as some research of some sort, and it's really uh, uh, not a research project, but very small implementations of uh, change that can actually help them improve their their uh, practice. So some of the more common PDSAs of even how do you assure that you screen people with empirically based screening tools, for example, which actually drove most of what we were trying to teach because without some anchor and severity scores, it was very hard to see uh, for for themselves if they were making improvements for their patients, but also for patients who got to see a number that they're getting better? So um, that would be a, a one of the, of many of the PDSAs, and um, and I think the programs that were that implement these changes were um, you know quite proud of themselves.
2: Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that I uh, have learned about this, and I think it's particularly applicable to the serious mental illness series, is the use of the World Health Organization's Disability Assessment Scale uh, 2.0, the short for, for, uh, form, because it focuses on functionality. Um, We have screening tools that take a look at whether or not somebody's had a 50% decrease in terms of symptoms and thinking about the um, PHQ-9 or the uh, Personal Health Questionnaire 9 for depression or the Generalized Anxiety Disorder Scale 7, but particularly in serious mental illness, it's not necessarily a question of reduction of symptoms, but how are you getting along in the world? And so I think that that form um, and the application of it for the teams is very helpful to see how people are actually coping and functioning, which is to, to the extent optimizing function by the support that's provided, I think, is, is the, the more appropriate goal.
0: Another way that these uh, series with America is our free and charitable clinic series are different from some of our other echo programming is that We have teams joining all together rather than uh, individuals joining on their own. How is it different when
2: clinics are joining all together? I think that this is team play and it's, and I think that what we do in In teaching the course actually models the kind of team play that we think is so critical to successful implementation of this work. And so, as I said, we when we introduced ourselves, we introduced our backgrounds. This is not just a group of psychiatrists who are teaching the course or a group of primary care internists, but we have people who are nurses that have backgrounds in substance use disorder. We have psychologists that have backgrounds in trauma. We have social workers who have worked in the area of um, forced migration and immigrant issues. And so we're able to tailor the work that we do and the information that we present based on what the needs are for this particular population and we mirror that in the people that are providing the information
0: and then I think the last thing I'm curious about is you know our our echo tagline or the echo tagline is that our cohorts our series are all teach all learn that it's not just uh, you as the facilitators teaching the participants but about them teaching each other about them teaching you and so I'm curious uh what what did you learn from the series
3: so I'm very impressed with everybody's uh, experience uh, that they and bringing that to the table. These are social workers, psychiatrists, nurses, uh, uh, therapists, they they bring something to the table and it's always a learning experience for us. And often for me, people bring things up, I have no clue what it is. And I have to go back and, and look it up and do some homework and bring it back, and uh, I think that's just been great for my own personal growth. And um, and I think everybody on the calls on the series uh, from each other's experience, they all they all learn something. So that uh, and me included.
2: I, I would echo that, um, and also would state that in thinking about the systems that so many of these participants come from i think about dedication resilience and creativity um in the way that they have uh, been able to arrange their practices and their work to address some very challenging issues that uh, their patients face Um, so that's in, in addition to just the the content portion of it um it's been, it's been great. And we, in this series, we've actually had some of the teams to actually come back and to provide extra sessions around things that they have uh, uh, been interested in, in order to teach us. And so I think it's very much in keeping with our all teach, all learn approach.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Miller, Dr. Johanna. We appreciate you joining us for the podcast. And uh, of course, most importantly, leading these series uh, for so many years and leading them so well. We hope you'll join us again next week when we hear from some of the past participants of this series. We'll hear from two clinics that have joined both behavioral health integration and the serious mental illness series, who can share a little bit about what what it was like to be in the series themselves and what they've been able to take from it. We look forward to you joining us then and want to say another thank you to our partners at AmeriCares without whom this truly would not have been possible.